Welcome to Mary Liar Talks, a podcast that discusses mental health and spiritual well-being. Before we jump in, there may be episodes that are particularly sensitive for some listeners. And if that applies, then I hope you'll be able to join me whenever you feel ready and able. In today's episode, we'll be talking about burnout. And my guest is Dr. Karen Michelle. I thought it would be good to invite Karen as she's experienced burnout and is an occupational health nurse practitioner with over 25 years international experience spanning occupational health, safety, research and education. I started off by asking Karen to describe burnout. Let's have a listen. So let's start with the basics. How would you describe burnout? Well, I think one of the things that, that is important to remember is it's not a medical diagnosis, so it's not really very easy to, to define, but it's basically your body's response to unrelenting and unmanageable um, stress from the working environment. Three common things that you'll see in people with burnout is they will be physically and mentally exhausted. They okay. will have these negative attitudes to work and will actually start withdrawing um, and with a lot of sense of negativity associated with it as well. But as I say, mm. from one person to another, your experiences may, may differ, which makes it a difficult concept to get your head around. Sure. So, like, um, how many times have you experienced burnout? Twice. I mean, twice. I honestly thought had it once would never happen again, but, yes, it's happened to me twice. Mm. And, and And to me, that just highlights how easy if I can use that word how easy it can be for someone to get to that place where they've experienced burnout and and I think one of the things to remember is it's not a case that you get burnout you get treated and it's over it's actually then the ability to have this lifelong learning and understand that what you did to get rid of it you need to sustain in your life right that's interesting so Karen like the first time you experienced burnout, what was life like or working life like? Because you mentioned about work-related, yeah. um, I guess it's a work-related issue. And, and that sparks two things for me. One is, can someone experience burnout just even by being overwhelmed by personal circumstances? And then secondly, how was life yeah. like for you before you first experienced burnout? I think one of the important things to remember is that your life experiences may contribute to it, but just right. having personal life experiences does not constitute burnout. Burnout, okay. is, it definitely stems from the working environment, things around you. So for me, um, I, I've, I've, I've always been a, a doer, a go-getter, you know, um, mm-hmm. I, I've always seen myself as a person who thrives under stress, but, but what happened to me was, I I joined a new job in, um, in academics, which was something I hadn't really trained for in, in, in my basic training. Um, it was new people, as well as it being a new job. It was brand new curricula, so, so we didn't even have programs developed. So a lot of it was kind of like making a plan as we went along. And then I was perceived as as being a doer, so I was just given more and more responsibility. My students were younger than me, so I had this, I I just had an accumulation of things that worked against me. And then I had a boss who just kept loading, and I didn't have the ability and the skills to actually kick back and say, hey, you know, 
Yeah. Let's stop. And I just want to add, and then I think personality also, you know, kicks in here because, you know, I perceived myself as, as being somebody who would cope with anything. So I, I just thought, well, you know, I'll get through this. I'll get through this. Mm. I guess the things that stand out for me is that there was a lot coming um, on you in a short period of time. There wasn't that ability to be able to adjust um, and increase capacity. And plus, it got to the point where the workload was beyond your capacity in terms of the level of work and how much was involved. And it wasn't managed, not necessarily by you. I'm not saying you, but it wasn't managed appropriately by others that could have supported that that process or been more cognizant of the situation yeah it's not very much so and 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 you know what i just want to add into the mix it was at a time when mental health issues were really not on the radar so you know and and also in an environment like an academic environment you have this philosophy of publish or perish so you know, it is just keep going, keep going. And, and, and yeah. so even, even if others aren't putting pressure on you, you'll tend to do it yourself because that's the only way you're at, you're going to progress within this environment. That's a lot of pressure. That's what a I'm feeling. That was, yeah, a lot of pressure. And so what were your, what was your symptoms then? Was it, I guess it was what you described earlier. Well, you know what, for me, it was quite interesting because I didn't notice them in the beginning. And a lot of those earlier symptoms, like I was getting a lot of musculoskeletal pain, headaches, gastrointestinal problems, and I kept Mm. rationalizing them as being something else. And it was only when I, I, I started to lose it, as people would say. I mean, from having been a very um, organized and, con- you know, collected individual, suddenly, you know, I, I just didn't have the same level of patience at work. Um, I, I had a great mentor at work who just said to me, you just don't seem to have a passion for this. And yet I was in what I saw as my ideal job. I mm. I loved what I was doing. I loved where I was. But it was how it was coming across that, you know, this 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 manifestation in me, and and it was only when those individuals started saying to me, "You need to take a look at where you are," that I I then started to think a little bit more about where I was at and realized this is not the me I know, and right. and and that's what kind of made me realize I had to do something about my situation. And and how long was this period from when you started this new role to where you got to that point where you realized that you had to do something? You know what? I, I, I would say it was probably a good year before I, you know, before it was so bad that I realized that I needed to do something about it. I mean, I've always been the kind of person that thought, I'll get through it. I'll get through it. You know, this yeah. is normal. Um, mm. But, yeah, I'd, I'd say good year before I actually made a concerted effort of trying to get help. Mm. And and you mentioned how your mentor was the one that had that conversation with you. Did others around you notice what was going on and how you'd, like you mentioned how you didn't recognize yourself, you know, did others around you recognize that as well? You know what, my my husband did. I mean, and, Mm. you know, he, he kind of picked up that there were changes, but one of the 
one one of the things that I was doing as a result of this was I was actually withdrawing from my social contacts. I think, yeah. you know, I was just so physically and mentally exhausted at that time that I didn't want to interact if I didn't need to. So people around me weren't, you know, friends and, and, and other family weren't really seeing it. You know, they would make comments like, we haven't seen you for ages. Yeah. And so, so, yes, it was one of my symptoms that I started withdrawing socially. Right. And like what you're saying reminds me of like friends um, that I know who have experienced burnout. Those were the signs as well. They too started withdrawing. So yeah, it's it's just ringing bells to me in terms of the similarities. So you got to that point where you knew you had to do something. What did you do? What was that action, that step that you took? Well, not not clearly at that stage of, of my okay. life understanding what it was all about. I I just thought to myself that, you know, I, I'm I must just need some medication to help me cope better. And I went to go and right. see my GP and and I was just very fortunate. I had a very good GP who said, I'm not giving you medication. I want you to go and see a counselor because mm. I can medicate you, but I'm not going to solve your problem you need to make changes from within so for me the big thing was I saw an educational psychologist okay um, and and she taught me how how to understand what I was going through and what I needed to do to actually get through it I don't think I've heard of educational psychologist please please elaborate a bit more well educational psychologists um remember i was in an academic environment so 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 educational psychologists they really specialize in the field of education normally with learners who have learning you know disorders and that kind of thing but it it was deemed that because of the environment that i was in it that would be a suitable person to assist me get through it and 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 it was a good choice for me okay brilliant and how long was that and I'm assuming you took time out from work during this period or am I no no time off work work, unfortunately I was in a country where it it didn't provide for that you know you, you 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 basically either took sick leave and there was limited sick leave available to you. Mm. Um, but again, it was my personality that, 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 that kind of got in my way because, you know, I had these students who were dependent on me and I didn't want to let them down. So it was another reason that, that, that I wanted to carry on working. But what, mm. what the, the, um, the counseling sessions did for me was I went weekly for a good three months and mm-hmm. then I went less frequently. So I had this constant support from somebody who understood my environment and mm-hmm. then was able yeah. to help me negotiate my way through resolving okay. those organizational issues at work so that I would be able to get myself into a better space Mm-mm. I mean I guess I'm wowed really the fact that you still was in that in pressurized yeah. you know environment with a lot of commitments that comes with it and you were able to get through it because you had that support so yeah. that support was really key and I and, and I think what you mentioned about how the counselor understood your environment and was able to 
help you help yeah. you through it I mean that's really that's really good so then that was the first your first experience of burnout so yeah. um was there anything that you put in place that you think was key to help you to be in a position where you didn't even need that external support and you were you were in a much better place in terms of your mental health and well-being you know, one of the things that I got to understand through the process was the fact that, you know, um, the organisational aspect needed to be addressed. So one of the things that, 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 that I gained was skills in how to negotiate better with my, with my, with my boss. I had okay. a boss who was a, a, a bit of a, a bully in a, in, in, in a sense. So mm. um, I, I found ways of negotiating and then also um how I could address conflict because I've never been one for 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 conflict resolution. I would avoid conflict rather than re resolve it, which doesn't right. help because the problem stays yes. there. So yeah. I was taught how to to enter into conflict resolution. Um and 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 yes, one of the things that that, that we did was I had a mediator in place at work. So in other words, it got to the stage that whenever my work schedule was going to be changed, the mediator had to be involved. So she could also help manage expectations and make sure I wasn't put into a situation where work was just constantly be, being piled on. Mm. Okay. There's a couple of things you mentioned that I've really picked up on because um, – one was about ways to negotiate. So, for example, I mentioned about knowing people who it's evident they are in a position that they can't say no or they find it very yeah. difficult because they're intimidated, for example, by their boss, their manager. So I'm really interested in how you learnt those ways to negotiate. Um, was it a course or was it advice? How did you learn that? It was actually in these counselling sessions. I mean, it okay. was so. So, so one of the things is that um, I suppose it's it's skills that you could learn in a course. But what would happen is the 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 the, the, the person I was working with would say to me, I had to identify something in the past week that had had almost been a trigger for me, and then we would sit down, and she would say, well what is the resolution that you want from this and how could you get there? And she would help me work out. So, for example, I might have to identify the fact that, um, you know, going into an argument with a solution mm -hmm. was, was, was better than just saying, you know, I can't do this. You know, I should sure. go, go in and, and explain clearly why, but have a solution involved. And then I'd have to go and practice, I'd have to go and implement it and report back in my right. next session. So and, was that and, accountability? And, and and you know, if she, if if I if I hadn't been brave enough to do it, mm. we we would then address why what was then holding me back that I, I couldn't do that. So a lot of this was was skills that I needed to learn. And I, I was right. pretty young at the time as well. So I think it's also, mm. you know, I didn't really have those kind of life skills at that stage that I could rely on. So I needed that help from somebody who knew what mm. it was that I needed to do, but without telling me A to C, but kind mm. of guiding me how to get through that process myself. Sure. I mean, that's she yeah. sounds like, oh, the, the person sounds like a great, 
counselor, you know. She wasn't. Yeah. You know, I, I, I must I must just tell you one of the sentences from one of our sessions I really kind of benefited from the most was I think I'd been going for six months and she said to me, I now think you're ready to go out on probation. And what <laughs> I mean by probation right. is you're not cured. You're always going to slip back if right. you don't continue with these these right. life skills. And right. Um, right. You, she made it clear the door is always open. But mm. I, I should have realized then that what she was telling me is this can happen again. Sure. Okay. We'll come back to that. <laughs> but the other thing that you mentioned that was I found really interesting was mediation. You had a mediator at work. Yep. So how and why it's something that I'm not used to hearing. So, so, so one of the things was that um, I was, I was advised through these sessions again to mm-hmm. find somebody at work that I trusted who okay. had a similar level of authority as, as my boss. Yeah. I did. I had, I, I had, I had an individual who I really found was a very good um, support for me. And and I then went to that individual and explained what was going on and, and and asked her if she would play the role if if I broached it, you know, with my with my boss, which which she very luckily agreed to do. And 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 it and it was it was done in a non-threatening way. So, you know, it was kind of made clear that that I was struggling and 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 that she wants to make sure that we can all get through this with a positive outcome. So mm. it 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 was a very it was a very positive thing. But you know what? I often think back. I mean, I sometimes wonder where I got the courage to do it. But I think you get to a point, you know, you have to do something, or you're not going to get back to where you need to be. You mentioned a little while ago how your counsellor said you're now on probation (laughs) and you just have to continue doing what you're doing, otherwise you can slip back. So talk me through how your second experience of burnout was and what may have led to that. Yeah. Yeah, So what was life like before and then what then happened to trigger it again? So, so, so you know what, I think what happens is you, you get through this process. I mean, work becomes manageable. In, in fact, I'm going to say it was better than that. I think it, it was the best thing that happened um, getting the mediator involved because I, I then started to really enjoy my work again. I, I loved okay. what I was doing and, 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 and life was great. I mean, it really was. And then what happened was was I moved away from the academic environment and mm. I went and joined my husband in our own business. Mm-hmm. And then the pressures just started coming again because not only are you trying to run your own business, keep all your clients happy, mm. but at the same time you're trying to professionally develop yourself Plus, I took on professional organization responsibility. So, again, it, it you know, it, it just became a case of trying to make everybody happy and always trying to do everything well with just not enough internal resources at the time. And then on, on top of all of that, um, I, I, I just decided I wanted to study again and I I studied again, not 
not so much because I wanted to, but I actually knew it needed to be done. And without taking something out or else out of my life, I just added something else in. So, I did it on top. Yeah. So uh, right. Okay. So you talked about being in that place where you had an interest again in what you were doing. You changed in terms of your role and gradually started taking up more stuff. And then, and then you decided to do a course. How did you get to that place again? Was it really about losing that passion, that interest? How did you get to that place of realizing that you were burnt out? Yep. You know, again, you know, I, I, I think I had started to see the signs that mm. I wasn't enjoying what I was doing. Um, I was seeing it as as an effort to get up and 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 go to work. I I started dreading that people would ask me to do things because again, you know, you're you're self-employed, so you don't want to say no, but at the same time, you know that you should actually be putting them off and and. It, it 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 was when I started realizing that you know what do I really want to do this job anymore that I thought I'm right back to where I was before but unfortunately now I was the employer as well as as the mm. person with burnout because I mean I was creating my own organizational culture and and not putting in place all those controls that I'd actually learned before okay so then you got to that place of realization what did you do to turn it around did you go back to the counselor or what did you do I do you know what I I I did go not to the same counselor because I'd Mm. I'd moved away yes but 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 I did go to another counselor and um I I knew I had the skills I just had to gain that strength again to put those those things in place and and to be able to say to clients no as much as you want me to do the work I don't have the capacity right now mm. but I, you know one of the things is you take on all this work and it seems fine because you don't really see the bigger picture and and one of the things that I started doing was having one calendar only you know, at that stage, you could have your work calendar, your social calendar, a calendar hanging on the wall. And one mm. of the things that I started to do was was consolidate them and put everything on one calendar. And I and and one of the things I was told was respect your personal space as much as mm. your workspace. Okay. Which at that stage for me was very important that I was able to give myself some time and not continually relentlessly give into these these work demands that that kind of sitting there I know that of you (laughs) because we've worked together I know that of you in terms of how that tool that calendar really does help you um it, it it really is a tool that you use and you that's a key way of you not going back to that place in yeah. terms of burnout in your I guess in your professional career maybe even um in your personal life you may have come across someone who for various reasons they find it difficult to remove themselves from a toxic environment or lifestyle mm. um because of for example risk of losing their job or you know not 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 having 
um, progression in their career um, or being intimidated, you know, by, you know, let's just say um, colleagues or a boss in the workplace. So I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are um, and if there is any advice that you've you've given or you would give to people in those situations particularly because you didn't remove yourself from that toxic environment yeah but you still were able to get through it so um yeah are you able to sum up anything or what you would say to them or what you have said to people in the past in that situation you know i i have i've 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 had some some good friends who I moved out of academics and they stayed there and 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 one of them in particular comes to mind who who was really struggling in a very similar toxic environment at work demanding boss um was actually on a part-time post but was being expected to 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 put out full-time um outputs Right. And, yeah. and I would often go and sit with her, and 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 first of all, I shared my experiences is with with her, and tried to get her to make some of those changes that were so helpful for when I went through mm. burnout. Um, and she she wouldn't do them, and then I would say mm. to them, her, why aren't you doing it? And she'd just say, well, you know, it's not the kind of environment where you can go and say something like that and and we worked and then I started to try and get her to cut back and 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 spend more time on herself but realistically she unfortunately didn't have that strength to resolve those organizational issues and I think for her it was a much bigger problem it was a much bigger department more people involved and eventually I said to her, the only way you're going to get through this is by walking away. And mm. she did walk away. And she okay. is in such a better space. In, in fact, sure. you know what? It's almost as if that was a nudge that she needed to make mm. a career change because mm. she is now flourishing in in, yeah. in a far healthier environment. Yeah. No, thanks for sharing that, Karen, because like one of the things that um, comes to mind is how there are people who they may be in in such a critical um, situation, position, and it's not helping their health, and they see no other way out. They see it as they have to stay in there because that's what's paying their bills, you know. How can they walk out when they've got so many, I guess, financial commitments? And, and, And with people from burnout, from what I pick up, they're also very ambitious and very driven people. So it doesn't it doesn't sit well with them to associate themselves to being someone that walks out you know so it's good to hear that it's worked out well for you know your your friend you you know one of the things that we need to remember is that if the if if that problem is not resolved and and you continue to be the victim of, of the circumstances that you find yourself in it is going to end up being a situation where you have long-term health issues that Mm. are going to change the quality of your life forever. I mean, it's very clear that people develop respiratory, cardiovascular, um, serious musculoskeletal um, disorders as a consequence of of this unrelenting stress. And 
you know, as hard as it is to make the decision at the time, you've got to think about what are going, what are the consequences going to be if we don't resolve this. I mean, I was foolishly one of those people in the early days who thought it'll pass. But you know, an organizational culture is not something that that just changes. You you need to mm. work through that. So yeah, I know mm. it's hard, but sometimes you have to just make that call and walk away. I think that's where my faith then kind of did help me as well, because okay. I, 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 I've got this approach that if one door closes, another door will open. And I know right. that sounds very contradictory, but, you know, I, I worked through my first experience. My second experience wasn't as bad as the first one in terms of symptoms, and I, and I had a better understanding but at the same time, I knew what I had to walk away from with the understanding that, that, that it would be for the better and I would get the spiritual support that I needed to get through it. But that comes with maturity, doesn't it? It does. It does. Karen, are there any tips or other pieces of advice that you would give to someone who may be listening and is currently experiencing burnout? Is there anything else you'd want to share? I think the first and the, the the most important thing is for people who can relate to these this kind of syndrome is go and speak to somebody have open honest communication with people that you trust you you need to start for you need to start by talking it through so that you can actually find that resolution. That resolution may come through just getting moral support from people to give you the courage to address the situation at work. It might be that you, again, need counseling like I did to get through it. But the bottom line is it's not just going to go away. You need to acknowledge that it's a problem that needs to be worked through so that you at the end of it are going to actually be a healthy individual. And and you know what, what one of the important things is, there's a family around you. You know, your employer will replace you the day after you leave. Mm. Your family will never replace you. So kind of remember that, that there's a, there are important people on the other side of you who really need you to come through this well. Oh, Karen, um, I think you've ended this, this talk with giving really helpful and useful and I would say valuable advice. And, um, and I'm sure, or I'm hoping it will help someone. So um, I really appreciate you coming um, on the show, Karen. To um, to those of you who are listening, I hope that there's something you may have been able to take away from this. And thank you for joining us and hope to see you soon on Mary Lyre Talks. Thank you very much, Mary. Here's a spiritual wellness tip that you can meditate on. It's Colossians chapter 1, verse 11, and it reads, May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. Thank you for listening. Do follow and join me again next time on Mary Lyre Talks Beyond the Smile.